is a fabulous day regardless of circumstance and where you are right now, believers. I am your host, Autumn Brown, and you are listening to When God Showed Up. My spirit was moved to launch this podcast to share God's current presence amongst us during these times. I wanted to use this platform as a means to motivate believers to continue to allow God to manifest himself through spirit, heart, and mind. It is my spirit's greatest intention to invite and engage with believers who have discovered truths about God through scripture, faith, but more importantly, I believe, through personal experience. We want to continue to encourage one another to walk by faith and not by sight in this ever-changing society as true spiritual beings. Let's share the importance of working in harmony with others, growing, living in God's purpose for our lives, while sharing our encounters and testimonies with each other. Hello, hello. I'm excited that you even made it in this far. I am Autumn Brown, and I am excited that you are giving me the chance to spread some good news, honey. I've been on the spiritual journey with God, and it has been enlightening and exciting. And I have seen and felt the presence and grace of God. Something serious, y'all. And... As I continue to grow in my faith and study the word and build my relationship, I realize that there are others who are out there who have bared witness to his grace and his presence too. And that is why I'm here. You are not alone. Right now, there's a lot of stuff going on. COVID, job loss, sickness, you know, all all that worldly stuff. But the King of Kings is still out here making moves, y'all. And I know right now, It seems like things are out of control, but the fact is God is still out here taking care of those who love him. And even if it seems like he's not right now, you better believe he is working on something, all right? And I want to talk about it. So believers, please let's talk about it. See, we believers need it now more than ever because it can seem like the world is casting a dark cloud of hopelessness over us. And I think that causes some people not to see straight, okay? And if you are stuck, but you believe and know in your heart God is real, please come to the table and let's talk about it. It's it's really good to talk about it, I think, in these times because we forget. We forget just how many times God came through and showed up before, you know, like that time he got you out of something you had no business getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Or that time your blessing came out of nowhere. Or that time he just showed up and showed you who he was. I know you have a story to tell. I just know it. You know, like when you were troubled, lost, and didn't know what to do. Yes, that time. Let's talk about it. All right, let me relax a little bit. I guess I I could be putting a little bit of pressure on you. So I, I guess I can share my experience. Um, But before we get started, I just want you guys to know I am... Nobody's influencer, okay? (laughs) I'm not rich. Well, I am rich in spirit, okay? But I'm just a regular woman who loves the Lord. And growing up, I was not truly introduced to God. Sure, I I went to church here and there with my grandma celebrating Christmas and all that. But I never really knew much about God or Christianity, rather. The little bit of knowledge that I did obtain was from my friends and things that I heard. It made my belief sprout a bit, you know, like even leading me to get baptized because I heard it was the right thing to do. But my faith at that time was just dewy-eyed rather than having true belief. And today I want to discuss 
you know, what faith really is and ask you this question before we get to the session one. It's pretty simple, but, you know, it, 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 it has some, some significance, but it's, why do you believe? Why? I came across a scripture that I think would be perfect to reflect on before we get into this this first session. And I found it in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians rather, chapter 3, verse 7, when Paul writes to the church of Corinth during a time where they were truly struggling with their newfound faith that he said, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. You know, compared to that scripture, I can say my seeds were planted in the best soil, okay? And whenever they did start to germinate, it certainly took me some time to blossom into anything because my path towards developing a relationship with God just required some work, you know? Just like we try to build and develop relationships with others, it was quite similar to how I began to develop my relationship with God. In essence, relationship blossomed from planting myself in the soil, which is, you know, God's word, but it also required me to develop faith in the word, which, you know, changed my perspective on who God is, was, and will always be completely. It was truly through experience that I became aware of truth and just what faith really was. And when I look at my life before my first real experiences, I would call them with God, I I, I kind of laugh at myself a little bit, you know, and I laugh at myself because I truly thought I had the answers to everything. I could control everything. And then I was somehow, you know, just invincible in my own right, because I had this like egocentric thing going on. I mean, nothing's ever going to happen. I can handle it. You know what I'm talking about. So for instance, when I found out I was pregnant as a teenager, I thought I had some preparation and that everything was going to be okay because I had took family planning classes in high school. I worked at a daycare. Um, I, I got skills, so I just have it all mapped out, you know? But I remember as soon as the doctor handed her to me, you know, I thought to myself, you you, you know you know best stuff, right? Because <laughs> I was barely even living myself. And um, with that, I, I tried to be a good parent. And a single parent is like a whole world of complexity on its own. But of course, it's manageable. So shout out to all the single parents out there. Because I know that's the one thing we pray to God about is just to, to just hang in there, honey. <laughs> but... Let me, let me not digress. Um, but on top of that world of complexity, I, you know, had this stubborn resilience about me that just always led to me biting off more than I could chew. Um, of course, you know, I had this little chip on my shoulder. You know, I had that daughter young, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove to the world I'm nobody's statistic. So I went back to school, had a full-time job, got an apartment had a cute little car, still hung out with my friends. And I really thought that I was out here doing something, y'all. 
I really thought I was doing it and then that, you know, everything was just going to be bubblegum and rainbows. But then my, my life changed. My life changed, I would say, when I started dating this guy in college. He was that that one. And y'all know that one I'm talking about. You know the one. You know, we spent all of our time together, shared secrets. He would help me with my daughter here and there. We looked cute together. I thought, like, I was just in love, honey. And it just seemed to be everything and perfect. But, you know, we, we really spent a lot of time building this relationship with each other. That was just special. And down the road, he became abusive. And 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 not only was he abusive, but he was like a butterfly in essence. He used to float to all the other little flowers that blossomed on campus, if you know what I mean. And that, those things were very damaging to my spirit. It was abuse. It was rejection. It was hurt because how could you do this to me after we built this relationship where we trusted each other um but but of course I wanted to be that person that just kept it together I wanted to believe I was invincible and I could get over what happened to me I just decided to to hide it and when I say I chose to hide it I chose to hide my pain and getting high partying spending clothes on money shoes and bags because I wanted that exterior to look good but that inside was messed up honey it, it, it was messed up and I really thought that those things were hiding it. But the fact of the matter is, is that there was no hiding it because those things started to disrupt my life where I eventually lost my job, flunked out of school and ended up losing my home because of my excessive spending. And that then turned into me sinking into this, this, this deep depression again hiding myself and the truth about what I have going on because I didn't want anybody to know what happened to me. I like started to lie all the time to cover it up. And in fact, I started to lie so much. I started to believe the stuff that I was telling myself, like, girl, you all right. It's going to be okay. And um, then the final straw was me coming up to up with this grand scheme of running away and just starting my life over. Within two weeks, I devised this plan and I said to myself, I'm going to take a leap of faith. I got in the car with my daughter, drove 12 hours from my home state with no plan, no money, and half of a job offer waiting for me and just a few relatives who I thought would help me out there. And I set up shop there real quick, guys. You know, I was able to find an apartment. I got that half of a job and I thought a fresh start was something that I needed where nobody knew me, didn't know anything about me, and I could just fix everything there because nobody knows. That excitement, though, it all faded quickly because my pain followed me exactly to where I was. I started to miss my family lean more on weed shopping and, you know, stuff to just cover up the pain. And within a matter of just a couple months, guys, I was homeless and living out on the street again. And I still felt this urgency to like 
keep my lies going and to tell myself and my family that everything was okay. But the fact of the matter was I was bouncing around from hotel to hotel with my daughter and my things in a U-Haul truck. But after a few weeks of looking and everybody declining my applications because I had two evictions under my belt, I had to face the music. U-Haul was calling me, looking for their truck back, and I didn't have anywhere to go, nowhere to put my stuff, and my daughter just bouncing around with me. Ah, I remember that I had to get high to, 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 to open up my mouth, and I remember that my daughter's grandparents lived a few hours away. So I called them on the phone and I asked them to come get my daughter while I got myself together. And thankfully they dropped everything and they showed up the next day without hesitation to pick her up. And I stood behind because I said to myself, I'm going to get it together. But that was another lie. I was, you know, telling myself. That day to this day is probably one of the saddest moments in my life watching um, them leave with my daughter and the sadness that, you know, it was on her face. That night, I just remember I was so hurt and my thoughts were running so wild I thought the best thing I could do was just take a drive and so I got out my car and just started driving I was crying I was hurt I was telling myself all these different things like your life is over you've messed up you don't have a chance you know eventually I got tired and I just pulled over to a rest stop because I had been driving for hours and I just fell asleep with my car I, you know, woke up the next morning because my coworkers were blowing my phone up. (laughs) You know, although I had only known them for a short time, they knew I always came to work and loved to make money. So, you know, it was pretty strange for me not to show up that day. But I just couldn't bring myself to tell my truth, you know. And I remember just getting out of the car And just realizing that I didn't have anything anymore. I didn't have my daughter. I didn't have that stuff that comforted me. And I was alone. I didn't have my family. I was just broken. And I remember just looking up and saying, God, please help me. Please. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. And I need you to show me something because I am broken. I think I was out there for about 20 minutes just going at it and praying and, you know, just hoping that I would get an answer. I eventually got myself together and got in the car. And I I did call back one of my coworkers who I had built a relationship with and just apologized one for scaring 
them. But I also just felt moved and comfortable to tell my truth to my coworker. And, you know, they just said, come back. I think we could do something. I didn't really believe them because the world has showed me that there, there was no hope for me in finding a place. So I, I did, you know, drive back to to work the next day. And when I got there, I was surprised. Everybody just came over and started hugging me and just said, why didn't you tell us you need help? And I was kind of shocked that my coworker had, you know, told my business. Y'all know how I felt about people telling my business, honey, and hiding it. But what was beautiful in that situation is why didn't you ask us for help? You know, we, we thought of some things that we could do for you, Autumn. And we found a couple of places for you to stay. I, could, I couldn't even believe it myself. My coworkers had gone above and beyond to find places for me to stay. Not only one, y'all, but two. And let's remember, they don't really know me that well. And once the excitement faded from them helping me, I had to step back and realize that God has showed up that day. He showed up in my coworkers helping me in a desperate time in my life. And that was probably our first real experience with each other. If someone were to ask me how belief stemmed from this experience, I could firmly say I saw him move mountains for me. You know, this experience enlightened me not only is God fully aware of our feelings, circumstances, and our thoughts, he's even more aware of our needs, guys. I it was alone out there. I didn't have help. And, you know, it's not like I, I heard God whisper in my ear, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of you. Comfort me. But I, I did witness his work through people to meet my needs and show me who he was and, you know, just what he can do. And, and let's be honest here. The world will tell you that you're not supposed to have, you can't do this or you can't do that because of X, Y, Z, you know? In my case, the world was saying to me, you, you have two evictions, so we're not willing to have a place for you to stay, or we're not willing to, to rent the property to you. Like I said, I went through about five or six applications during my search, and everybody told me no. Everybody. But God told me otherwise. His actions said to me, I don't care what the world says. I will make a way for you. He showed me something different, honey. Let God be true and every man a liar. His presence was was shown to me through people and through empathy that day. God placed it on their hearts to help me, you know, and, and God shows empathy for us and he doesn't want us to suffer. You know, during all their distress, it was distressing to him. God is not just aware of 
our distress, but he can feel it and he can take it on as well. I know well the pains they suffer. Whoever touches you, you know, God says, touches the pupil of my eye. And what's so significant about that is that I was so far away from home, y'all. I had only known my coworkers for just a couple of months and they really didn't know anything about my life, but that didn't matter. God met me through them where I was at that day. So you could be miles away from who you are mentally and spiritually, miles away from what you know, and God will still help you guys. And, and, and yes, although it's lovely to see God manifest himself through prayer, I also saw something that I feel is, is really, really important. And it was before he met my needs, there was something that I hadn't done the whole time. I was in pain running up and down the East Coast with my daughter. And that was asked for help and express my need to him directly. You know, not only do you have to, to ask, but you got to take a step. You know, what they say, just a body without spirit is dead. So also faith without works is dead. I had to take a step and take ownership of where I was in that, in that time. And, you know, sometimes the works required on our part to heal and to see God manifest himself in your life is, is, is just a very small thing that you need to do. For instance, mine was to put a pride, put that pride aside and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I need your help. You know, so I guess my question to you is, is there a small thing that God may need from you? Or is there something that you need to ask him in order for him to reveal himself to you? Because that small thing also shows that you're actually always in a position and ready to receive from God. But he just may be, you know, looking for you to invite him into it. Um, So just think about what that thing is, that small things that that you could ask God for to show you who he really is. And please remember God, he is near to those who are brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. In fact, God could probably hear your call, even if you can't put your words together. Me coming to God to ask for help was me letting him know I can't do it on my own. And there will be times in everybody's life where they have, met this Goliath that they feel is too big to fight on their own. But the fact is, when you invite God into it, he will show you that he can do anything. When you ask, no matter what you've been through, are going through, and even if the world shows otherwise to you. And so today I want you to look back on times in your life when you were unsure of what to do, you know, even if there's something today that you are looking for God to do, ask him. He could just be waiting on you to just take a step or sow a seed. You know what I mean? And just remember, it's not 
who does the plant dig or who does the watering. All that matters is God is the person that's making that seed grow. So you better start sowing seeds, guys. If you are stuck, you better start planting, honey. You better. And he will show you. He will show you. So believe it if you're out there and you can think my story is kind of it's kind of small, but understand that sharing also is it's is not about you. It's about other people that you could be encouraging with your experience. So talk to me, please, guys. I just I just want to hear all about it because I know God has shown up for you. And session one was such a pleasure. And I hope like it truly encouraged you to start digging in the soil. Um, and I want you to join me for session two, because I'm going to discuss how God continued to help me build my life up after losing everything. I told y'all, I'm just a wonderful woman who loves the Lord in my eyes. And um, it, it, it required some work. So please don't give up yet. And please don't think that there is no hope. Okay. God is still out here taking care of those who love him. And if he has done it and he has shown you, holla at me and let me know because it might be somebody else out here too who needs to hear what happened to you. So they know COVID, all this other crap that the world is putting on us. It doesn't matter. God is still out here making your way. If you're miles and miles away from home, just like I was, and you feel lost, holla at him and tell him you need some help, honey. And start sowing them seeds and drop drop your story. Be well and go in harmony, believers. Ordinary people, real experience. Sharing God's presence amongst us. Believers share their experience with God, spiritual growth, manifesting purpose, and standing firm in faith.